Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the pod. Happy Friday. Hope everyone had a fantastic week and you're all doing well. I wanted to give a little Oscars recap because I feel like I kind of left you guys hanging and it was a lovely time. I was so happy to take Brian. I mean, it was a crazy moment when we were leaving. We just looked at each other and we were like, Brian's are going. We do the, we do the voice from Family Guy. It's really annoying and weird, but whatever. Uh, we are like, Brian's are going to the Oscars because it's Stewie. Like, that's why we call each other Brian and Stewie from Family Guy. And when you think that we've known each other since we were 8, 19, it's pretty crazy. And we, we were like, this is the biggest formal we've ever been to. Um, so I got to go to Elton John's Oscars viewing party. And so just a little explanation. The actual Oscars are for people who are nominated. Yes, other people go, of course, other celebrities go and whatnot, but mainly it's just for people who are in the industry, which I think is right. Like that's, that's right. I mean, you don't want a bunch of influencers that like, you know, this amazing, you you know, it's, it's so funny. And actually Brian and I were talking about it at, when we were at the viewing at the, at the Elton's party is that, you know, for the whole world, the Oscars are this massive fashion moment, this this huge entertainment moment that, you know, you block off your Sunday so you can watch with your friends and everyone is like, oh my God, who's going to win best actor, best actor, all this stuff. But it's actually for an entire industry, the gold standard. It's the highest award you can get. And I'm not talking about best actor, best actress. I'm talking about all the other people who work tirelessly to put these movies on. And it matters so much for them too, to, to be recognized in this way. It's such a big night for them. And I stupidly 
and naively hadn't really thought about it through that lens until recently. I think, I don't know, maybe it's just living in LA. I have this massive appreciation. You know, you meet all these people and you're like, oh, what's your job? Like, what's your job? Or like, oh, what are your parents doing? They're like, oh, he's been in sound for like 40 years. And it's like, wow, there are so many incredible, talented people behind the scenes who come together to make these pieces of art that we consume. And this is their night, right? This is their night. But um, so that's the actual Oscars. And then there's viewing parties. There's the Vanity Fair viewing party that then, of course, goes into the Vanity Fair after party, which is like the chic one. And then Beyonce always has an after party that's like, you know, super amazing and whatever. And then Elton John has always a viewing party party a viewing uh yeah a viewing party where people have dinner and then there's also an after party and that is of course to raise money for his incredible foundation um to raise money for aids and he gave an amazing speech he was there i absolutely love elton john he is i mean the definition of an icon and his his foundation is nothing sort nothing short of remarkable the work that he's done and he basically said in his speech you guys we are so close to ending this we are so close we just need to raise more money and it's almost like within our lifetime we can eradicate this horrific disease and you know he's just an incredible person and he's done so much for the disease and they raise so much money they're so fantastic and so it's always nice to go because not only is it really fun and glamorous and super Elton Johnny because it's all, you know, gorgeous and pink and velvet, but it's also raising money for an amazing cause. So you go and it takes so long to get ready for these sorts of award shows. I mean, I think I started glam at 12 and then they start kind of early, which is funny because you imagine that the Oscars are like at five or six or whatever, but you essentially go to the red carpet at like 3.30 and then you go in and you take pictures and you walk around and meet people and have drinks. And then you go into the huge room and you're seated at a table with people that usually you don't know. And I was seated at a cool table and um, with a lot of journalists and met some nice people. And it's fun. And it's kind of nice, this one in particular, because sometimes when you go to fundraisers, you're you're really in it with the people that you're seated with. And luckily I was seated next to cool people this time, but sometimes you're not, you know, sometimes you're seated next to people you have literally nothing to talk about, but this one is nice because you have the actual Oscars to watch during it. So people are definitely on their phones and talking and chatting, but if you want to just zone out and watch it, they have huge screens like all over the place. So you can be watching at the same time. And it's, you know, you can, hear people's sentiment when someone wins or doesn't win. Like I remember last year when we, when it was the slap and all of a sudden everyone was like, Oh, oh, oh. and everyone's like, wait, what happened? And everyone thought it was fake last year. Everyone was talking, trying to figure it out. So you, it's very funny because you can really hear the, you know, reaction. Okay. Is this person a fan favorite? Are they not a fan favorite? What have you? And, um, and it's cool. So I, it was just a really fun thing to take Brian because she's my best friend. And I don't know, there's just something very cool about, we used to go to formals together all the time. Like her and I would have this whole getting ready system together. We would drive to this mall in Santa Clara and like get our, our blow dries at dry bar. And we would always go to BB to get our formal dresses. And sometimes we'd get spray tans. And we were just like laughing when we were getting our makeup done. And we were like, wow. And now we're going to this like crazy fancy Oscars party and they give you food. I mean, I'm always interested to hear about the food at these things. So I'll tell you guys, 
It was a salad with goat's cheese and asparagus, which I liked. I, w- I will say that I remember this from that last year and it's true this year. It was really good because I think to do food for that many people is pretty hard. And especially something like fish, which they served is really hard to do well. I thought it was great. And then they did a, a soup. I love soup. It was absolutely delicious. The soup they gave us. And then after that, they gave us a fish or short rib. You know how I feel about short ribs. So I went for the fish and there's drinks, there's champagne. You can order drinks to your table. I probably had two drinks, like maybe two or under two. So different from last year when I was completely plastered. I'm not making any proclamations again. Just, I was so tired because I was, I had just been to Austin and I had, you know, a lot of stuff coming up. So I was just like, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to get wasted. So yeah, had about two drinks, but the drinks are plenty. If you want them, it's, it's honestly so nice. And then they gave you, gave us dessert. It was, I had a pear, it was a pear and a mousse. It was quite good. There was raspberries involved. It was nice. I had that and Dina had the chocolate one. And then I ate most of her chocolate one too. I was like, why, why didn't I get the chocolate one? That was so dumb of me. Um, and then there's an after party where more people come. Some people go to both. Some people just come to the party part. Um, and we stayed for a little bit and then I was home rather early. It was so nice. It was good. I, I, I think that the Oscars felt, um, they felt more fun this year or more, I don't know. They, they, it just felt updated. And then I read that the Oscars had actually hired two consultants to make the Oscars feel relevant again, because I feel like, you you know, that's such an ongoing conversation. People are like, award shows are so irrelevant and boring now. And I, I was just laughing because one of the changes that the consultants made was that the carpet was not a red carpet. It was like a beige carpet. And I just thought it was so funny because you could tell that a lot of the stylists didn't know that because there was a lot of like beige dresses that would have been so stunning and really popped on a red carpet, but they kind of blended together with the beige or gold carpet or whatever you're going to call it. I, to me, I don't understand how a beige carpet makes it more fresh and modern. Like I think red carpet is iconic. You literally say, oh, the red carpet. And I don't, I don't really understand why that was one of the changes they made. I do feel that overall the show felt better. It felt a little more peppy. It felt like they kind of understood what people wanted from, you know, the show. And it's difficult because this is going against what I said at the beginning, which is that the Oscars at its core is a way to recognize the film industry and all of the people who work tirelessly to make these movies. But at the same time, it also has to be a moneymaker. It also has to be something that people watch on TV. So they have to do both things. They have to make it right for the people whose industry it is, but they also have to make it commercial and make it interesting and fun to watch. I thought Jimmy Kimmel did quite a good job. I mean, you know, uh, to me, uh, my favorite, the, the only Oscars host that I remember, you know, if you ask me right now who was good ever is Ricky Gervais. He's my humor. I think it's funny how he just took everyone to town in in the, you know, in Hollywood. I think, I think to me, that's funny. People, I think on the whole, think he's too brash or think his jokes were too rude or whatever. That's the kind of humor I like. That's the kind of humor that I grew up with. But I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a good job. Like I thought, you know, it was fine. He he did he did what he could. You know what I mean? So that was very fun. And I loved my outfit. I'm just I'm truly obsessed with my stylist LJ. We work so well together. Um oh, and then that that got me thinking about La Roach, about um right after the Oscars, he did the 
he did that post about him being retired. Um, his caption read, if you don't know who he is, he is a celebrity uh, stylist, one of the best in the game. You know, he he works with Zendaya, Kerry Washington, Hunter Schaefer, um, Meg Thee Stallion. I mean, he is like responsible for some of the most iconic looks in the past, uh, in the past, you know, couple years. And then on Monday, I think it was he or Tuesday, he wrote, my cup is empty. Thank you to everyone. And he styled a lot of um, these people for the Oscars. My cup is empty. Thank you to everyone who've supported me and my career over the years. Every person that trusted me with their image. I'm so grateful for you all. If this business was just about the clothes, I would do it for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, it's not. The politics, the lies, and the false narratives finally got me. You win, dot, 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 I'm out. And then three hearts. And then so everyone was like, whoa, did something go down? Like what, what was the, what was the drama? Because he, I mean, his looks, the Oscars were like to die for the Vanity Fair. He did Eve Jobs. I loved her look. She wore archival Donna Karen to Vanity Fair. Um, I mean, Kerry Washington literally always looks like a 10 and she did at the Oscars too. So everyone was like, oh my God, like did something go down? But then Actually, just last night I was reading the Vogue got the exclusive and asked him what what was the tea, like what happened? And he was like, No, I'm not like fully retiring. I just am done with celebrity styling, you know, but it's not nothing that any of those celebrities did. I think you kind of alluded to. It's more just like, I don't know. It was still kind of cryptic. Um, he did say that the reason that I went on this tangent is because he said that Naomi Campbell when she comes in, she's like, what do you want me to wear? What do you want me to do? And he said he found that to be so professional because he was like, that's my job is to like style people and have a vision. And that's so interesting because with LJ, like I work with her so closely. I'm always sending her random things being like, I'm inspired by this, or I like this, or, oh my God, I'm obsessed with a designer. So everyone works differently, but that was the drama in the fashion world today. So I have a trip planned to Palm Desert coming up and I booked an Airbnb because I wanted to be with all of my friends. This house we booked has a beautiful pool. So you guys know I will be catching some rays and doing a little bit of tanning. I know a few friends who have houses and when they're away, whether it's on a trip or they're traveling for work, they just Airbnb their houses. So they're like actively making money while they're away, which is kind of the dream, right? Like passively making extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a little travel secret. The best time to visit Scottsdale, Arizona is actually in the summer. When you summer in Scottsdale, you can stay in five-star resorts for three-star prices and get access to the best Scottsdale has to offer at the best rates. There are so many ways to stay cool while feeling hot in Scottsdale over the summer, including tranquil pool scenes or rowdy pool parties, world-class shopping museums, and art galleries. You guys, I am about to fire up my group chat because I love the idea of going to Scottsdale this summer. I love the idea that we can take it any way we want. We can go to a fancy dinner. We can get rowdy at a pool party. I've heard of the famous pool parties in Scottsdale and I need to experience them because there's nothing I love more than sunshine and a good time. Visit experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks to learn more and start planning your trip. That's experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks. 
Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with brand new releases and next listen recommendations. There's a story for every listener from classic favorites to exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors. Okay, so you guys, I listened to The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis on Audible and it was so scary. Okay, I was freaking out. I would be in my car listening to it and I literally sometimes would have to pull over because I was so engrossed in the story. It's set in Los Angeles. It is a mystery mystery thriller whodunit and it is so scary and it's so emotive and I literally was addicted to it I couldn't do anything else for like two weeks while I was listening to it audible members can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog new audible members can try audible now for free for 30 days visit audible.com slash tinks or text tinks to 500 500 that's audible.com slash tinks or text tinks to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. A consistent body care routine is so important to me, you guys. I love to feel good in myself. I love to feel good in my skin. It is our largest organ, so I like to take care of it. And I like to look good. While naked. Yes, I admit it. You guys know I am obsessed with Osea. And a lot of it in part is because of how the products make me feel. So I love that I can trust everything that they make because they put such care and thought into each product. And I love how the body products make my skin feel very soft, very smooth. There's no harsh chemicals or dyes in any of it. It's just natural and it makes me feel naturally good. Glow from the inside out with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code TINKS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60, head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code TINKS for 10% off. Guys, I need to tell you that next week I'm going on a bachelorette party, which I am so excited about. It's one of my close friends. You've heard me talk about her before. Her name is Alex and she lives in Poland and um, I love her. She's one of my favorite people. We've actually gotten so much closer since we graduated college. We've traveled a lot together. We went to the Philippines where her mom is from together. I've been to visit her in Poland. She's just a great person and it's her bachelorette, which I'm so, so, so excited to celebrate her. However, the location of the bachelorette is... (laughs) the hotel where I literally fell in love with my ex-boyfriend. And that's fine because it's literally the most epic hotel ever. But you know, when you think back to a relationship, you usually have like five snapshots. And one of them is like the moment you were falling in love. It was literally at this hotel. The first and only time I've been to this hotel is when I was like with him and we were like falling in love and it was amazing. And like every second was like the best moment of my life. So that will be interesting. Uh, Very, very interesting, but overall so excited. Can't wait to see her. Can't wait to celebrate her. And she's just a very chill bride, like very chill. Like there's going to be no games. There's going to be no, like none of that. It's just going to be like a relaxing time where we're all having fun. So I can't wait. And I just, I'm so happy for her that she's found the love of her life. Today, I want to talk about breadcrumbing because for some reason in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten an influx of these emails where people will be sending me their screenshots and I'm going to give you tough love because that's what I'm here for you guys. Some of the conversations are so one-sided and you need a wake-up call. Okay. You guys need a wake-up call. Um, so why does it happen breadcrumbing like what what is it what does it mean I, first of all i think 
I want to, I want to say a lot of the time people are in denial and actually I have been in denial several times too. Let me just, cause I went deep. Okay. I went deep in my, um, I went deep in my history and I found some texts from, these are from 2018. And I just want to read you some cringy fucking texts that I wrote so that you know that everything I say after this is not coming from a place of judgment or being on my high horse. It's coming from a place of, dear God, let me save you because sometimes you're just in the vortex and you don't see that you are being so fucking cringe. Okay. Okay. October 5th, 2018. 4 p.m. I say, hi, TGIF. Why the fuck did I say TGIF, you guys? Do you have plans Monday? My friend just gave me concert tickets for years and years at T5, which I'll admit is much, well, which I'll admit is much for a Monday night, but could be fun. Do you see this fucking cringy girl I used to be? Do you see this fucking cringy ass loser fucking desperate for this guy to take her on another date, which he won't because he does not like her? And me like being, first of all, that's a fucking amazing date. Okay. Going to years and years at, at terminal five, like God, I would, I wish to God, this is exactly what, this is exactly why I do what I do. I know I'm tangenting, but I feel passionately you guys, because if I could go back in time, I would fucking smack that girl and say, this guy hasn't texted you for fucking a week. Take one of your friends, make a memory and don't deal with this loser. October six. So the next day at 5 p.m. So over 24 hours later, this fucking guy texts me back. Afternoon, Tinks. That sounds super fun. Supposed to play squash, but can prob get out of that? That's it. That's it. That's all he said. No. Oh, my God. Like, yes. Like, just like and a day later, a day later, 24 hours had passed. That's not normal. It's not normal. And guess what? We didn't end up going because it was just like, I couldn't, it was just more of the same. Okay. Cringe. And I didn't go. I never went to that concert, which pisses me off because now I've never seen years and years. Okay. Cringe. If a guy hasn't texted you in a week, don't spend your fucking concert uh, tickets on him. Okay. I don't even know if I can. I don't even know if I can fucking read this one. This is so cringe of me. I'm going to read it. Okay. I guys, I just like, this actually makes me want to die. This is in 2016. So I'm 26 at this point. <laughs> and it was like breadcrumb, like, you know, bullshit. Like we'd see each other once every two weeks, like the same shit. Just like if I was in the vicinity of him, you know, he would, he would see me. Like if I happened to be in the same bar as him, like he would look at me. And we're like, it's like the most cringy text. And I go, listen, small talk aside, I actually really like you, liked getting to know you and felt like we clicked. Not many people I can talk to about horror movies and British politics and weird sex fantasies all in the same night. That being said, I'm looking for something more consistent than sporadic hangouts and random texts. If any of this is resonating, then I hope we can see more of each other in the new year. If not, then I truly think we can be friends. Truly think you are great. Fucking kill me. Fucking cringe. But do you see why I'm on a, a mission to save girls from themselves? Like, what the actual fuck, Tinks? What the actual fuck? This is after he's literally... I think we went on one date. I think it was like our first date. And I was like, 
I was not even in the hookup box. I was in the, in the like reserve hookup box and it was just breadcrumb, breadcrumb. But I took that to mean I should give some fucking declaration. Okay. Okay. Well, let me just recover from embarrassment and then let's press on with this. So why does this happen? Why does breadcrumbing happen where they don't completely ghost you? They're texting you here and there. They'll text you back. But like after a day, after a week, randomly, okay, number one, they just don't like you that much. You're in the hookup box or worse, the reverse, the reserve hookup box. You're not even in the hookup box. You're in the reserve hookup box or they're dating other people. They're generally just keeping you on the back burner, seeing if something else good comes along. Nothing good. Okay. There's no, there's no good reason why they're breadcrumbing you. And don't fucking tell me he's busy with his job. And don't fucking tell me he's a bad texter because he's not. He just, you're just not in the date box. Okay. 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 Why does breadcrumbing hurt so much? Because it feels like there's something there. It feels like he keeps giving you a sign. Okay. Maybe you had a great first date. Maybe it's that classic, but the first date was, was so good. We stayed up all night eating. We went to Dos Toros tacos. We got margaritas. We got, we talked about that movie that we both like. Okay. So what? Actions speak louder than words. If someone is taking fucking over a day to text you back, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is not bad bitch behavior. And so you need to snap out of it, girl. That's what you need to say to yourself in the mirror. Okay. Also, I think it's really important at this juncture, if you feel like this is you right now, to, to ask yourself, am I accepting the bare minimum? And then why am I accepting the bare minimum? Like, why, why are you, as a bad bitch, willing to text, to willing to respond to a text that took someone else two days to write to you? Why is that? Now, are you genuine? You're going to say, but I really liked him. Do you? Do you? Or is it your ego? Because I'm going to be real with you guys. Let's let's be very clear. I have very rarely seen it where one person is completely obsessed with another person and the other per like for real on a deep level and the other person isn't obsessed with them at all. Do you see what I mean? Like when has that imbalance actually been true? Nine times out of 10, it is your ego and it's your ego saying, but the first date, but the first date or, but that one time he said he liked me or, but that one time when we were drunk, he said, you're really cool. You know that who fucking cares when someone tells you something like they're not signing a contract. That's another thing that People will write to me all the time. They'll be like, but he said, or like, but he, but, 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 but so, so what? That doesn't mean anything. Like I've used this before, but I can say it again. Like I can say I'm a unicorn. Sadly, I, I still don't have a horn and a tail and I can't fly. Right. I'm not saying distrust everything that men say, but I'm saying like something said in passing, like, okay, great. Log it. But like, don't hang your every you know, don't hang your whole life on it. Okay. Here's a good litmus test for yourself. If you're like, maybe you're still in denial and you're like, Hmm, so all this that Tinks is saying is sort of resonating, but it couldn't be me. He really likes me. Right. Ask yourself this. What would happen if you didn't reach out? What would happen? How many days would it take for them to reach out to you? And then ask yourself, do you think that's good enough? Is that what you deserve? Is that what you want? Is that, is that what, great love story you imagine for yourself 
Just wondering. Another way to test this is like, look back at your text. Painful, I know. I know I just read probably the two most embarrassing texts I've ever sent in my fucking life. Look back at your texts. Look at the green or look at the blue versus the white. Who, what, what's there, what's there more of, right? Are they actually asking you questions or are they just like volleying the ball back to you, right? Are you like, oh my God, hey, what's up? How was your week at work? If they're like, yeah, good. If they're not like, oh, it was really good. I, that presentation I told you about went well. How was yours? Then like, get a grip, get a grip. I'm sorry. I'm saying this so that it can it can save you. By the way, that guy where I sent that long, that the second one, the really long cringy one, being like, I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. he was like, yeah, no, totally, that's totally true. And then he never texted me again because I did that trick. I was like, he was like, yeah, no, I really like you too. Like, let's hang out, you know, when you get back. And then I never heard from him again. Okay, so be real with yourself and just just really really think like, are they? actually engaged in the conversation or are they simply just volleying the ball back to you or worse are they not even volleying it back to you and you're just acting like fucking anderson cooper asking a million questions and really beware i just have another note so i'm gonna hammer this point home we love repetition uh if you are in your mind or to your friends or to me being like but 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 but, but like that's not a great place to be mentally, right? If you're like, but he said, or, but he, but, but the first date. Okay. That was in the past. What's happening right now? Shit changes. So what do you do in this situation? After you've done all these tests, you're like, okay. mm, Yeah. First of all, if it's like as bad as my two examples were, please just have some dignity and like walk away because there is someone who will triple text you. There is someone who will text you in the morning when you wake up. There is someone who will do all those things and it won't feel like a struggle and it won't feel stressful. So stop accepting the, because the the longer you entertain someone who's breadcrumbing you and doing all this shit, the longer it will be till you find someone who you actually connect with. And that's facts. Okay. That's facts. You are only delaying finding a cool person to hang with and be with. Uh, Sorry, but it's true. And I know it feels like in your mind, well, if I stop texting or like entertaining this one guy, I'll have nothing. That's not true. That's not true. That is so much better. Like being a bad bitch by yourself and like loving, loving your life and, and, and going to concerts and doing cool shit with your friends is so much better than being lame and accepting the bare minimum from some guy who doesn't like you. Do you know how much I wish I could go back in time and just have taken those tickets and called up my friend Haley and gone, we're going to a concert Monday. Get your, get your sneakers on. Like I I would give anything to go back. I know it seems like a small thing, like obviously not a big regret in my life, but those are the small mindset shifts that I care so much about with you guys, because that's just a better use of your time, right? Matches energy. So that's the first step is like, if, if they're really doing nothing and you just, you know, you can be strong, walk away, find someone better. If you're not quite ready, match his energy. That's not a game playing thing. I want to be very clear because I don't believe in game playing because nothing good comes of it. Like no one ever gamed their way into a relationship that was good anyway. All I'm saying is matching his energy kind of brings you back down to earth because if you're like, okay, well, if they're not really texting me, then I won't really text them. Or if they're giving me one word responses, I'll give them one word responses. It's just a way to de-escalate yourself and kind of get a reality check. 
And I've found it to be very helpful. It's not game playing. It usually is just a perspective shift where you're like, oh, whoa, actually we have nothing in common. And actually without me doing the lion's share of the work, we're not even really talking that much. And it's a good way to kind of wean yourself off it. I hope you enjoyed my embarrassing uh, digging through my past for your benefit. If you are being breadcrumbed right now to honor the 26-year-old loser in me, please, please don't accept that anymore. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you will absolutely love my book. I'm not just saying that there are so many more funny stories like this and helpful tips and tricks and topics that I'm not going into on the pod. So pre-order it so you can read it and then we can all talk about it. I love you all so very much. Um, if you have any thoughts about how to deal with the bachelorette being in the same place, can you imagine if I'm in the same room? I won't be, but that would be that would be difficult. Um, share this podcast with a friend. Maybe share it with someone who you think is being breadcrumbed. You could just be a little bit like passive aggressive, not passive aggressive. You could just be like, hey, I uh, heard this episode. I feel like maybe you could listen to it. You know, I wish someone had sent me this episode when I was 26. Have a safe, wonderful, fantastic weekend. I am going to DC this weekend for something so cool. I'm only going to be there for about 24 hours. So sadly, no time for a rich mom walk. But of course, we'll be hitting up La Dip for uh, some fries and that warm shrimp salad because that was just chef's kiss. Uh, Love you all so much. I'll see you on Monday. Bye. Bye.